world of Avatar that James Cameron and his team at Lightstone brought to life is epic in so many ways. It's brimming with life, it's bioluminescent at night, and it's majestic in scale as it is rich in details. As the world of Avatar is so different from anything we've done before, we had to do some major upgrades and big improvements to our engine. In the past, Snowdrop allowed us to build amazing cities, but to capture the natural beauty of Pandora, we needed to push Snowdrop even further. We have created the Pandora that you can experience from the deep, dense jungles on the ground to the grand vistas high up in the skies. So with Snowdrop, Using the microdetail system, we can propagate thousands of assets in one frame. This allows us to have a lot more highly detailed environment for Pandora. For the game, we created a varied amount of vegetation using automated placement, and this is significantly more objects than we ever had before. So by moving visibility testing to the GPU, we can now process way more objects per frame. So the advantage of Snowdrop is that it can handle quite complex shaders. To add more life to the vegetation of Pandora, we created many interactive shaders that can be affected by the player, from real-time wind simulations and interactions to intelligent plants reacting to your presence. We don't just explore jungles on the ground, we also get to fly our bunch. So we added a new volumetric cloud system in Snowdrop to improve the visual quality of our sky. With ray tracing, we can now illuminate Pandora in a way we never could before. This way we can have real light reflect from the emission and the bioluminescence coming out from the plants, making Pandora more vibrant and more realistic. Real-time ray tracing allows us to greatly improve lighting in our game. Ray-traced global illumination and reflections make our game appear more naturally lit and more photorealistic, even when there are dynamic objects, dynamic weather or time of day. The different activities that NPCs can perform in the world and the different animations they have can make the world feel really alive. So for Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora, we wanted to take this one step further and created a system where our NPCs understand the state of the world. For example, weather, player progression or time of day. The teams at Ubisoft have done a fantastic job improving Snowdrop. In every project we do, we push the engine further. But Avatar Frontiers and Pandora is without a doubt the biggest leap we've made so far. And we believe it will provide our players with a truly immersive Avatar experience on the new generation of hardware. Welcome everyone, I hope this finds you all well. I am Albert, host of the Avatar podcast, and this is the episode where I am going to just throw two gauntlets on the table, not one, two, and it is Aliens by James Cameron, it is Terminator Judgment Day. I'm going to talk now about, and just really put it to rest, the idea of James Cameron and the uh, concept of a sequel, uh, and rather just James Cameron and sequels in general. Um, the <laughs> collective, it's actually pretty humorous now, uh, the self-gaslighting um, out there with uh, the belief of um, Avatar not having its place anymore in pop culture or in any of that. I think that's all a non-issue based on what is something that is timeless, not based on trends, not based on fads, which, you know, we had the fad of the spaghetti westerns, which had its time, it came and went. Then we have these uh, very extended, but uh, I nevertheless, nevertheless believe 
that um, what goes up must come down. Uh, this thing of the uh, the superheroes, which I openly absolutely enjoy. Several of them, in fact, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, so beautiful. Uh, Guardians Three, so wonderful. But I, I forcibly have to cherry pick because of just the, the 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 volume, the sheer volume, and it is overwhelming. And I think what this man has proven is with these different universes producing very simply quality. Okay. Um, Let's talk about that with quality. Now, this was launched off of just having... I actually had to just pause the other podcast. I was listening to the Mega64 podcast talking about... Derek was just riffing about uh, Terminator. And it just it aligned. And so this episode, I'll find some title of it for it or other. of Cameron's sequels, let's put it that way. You know, like a stellar fucking track record. Okay? This man has proven... He has, frankly, an unsullied... Um, track record with this uh we can poke fun at the piranha <laughs> obviously you know it, yeah we all had our goddamn start like i don't think i would ever hold that against him but in terms of and this is this is big this is the essence of the gauntlets i'm throwing down folks is um there is no filmmaker out there right now in the history of this art form filmmaking who has more clout as a sequel maker than james cameron just no one. Like, Irvin Kirshner, he made that Empire Strikes Back. That's amazing. That's one film, though. Uh, as we've seen increasingly, uh, it's a rarity. It's an increasing rarity to see an incredibly well-made sequel to a film that honors the original and then goes from there. Folks, let's let's really not fuck around with this. It's, it's so important. So we're going to dive into that. Um, and I suppose with covering off of recent... Uh, developments uh the avatar release is is holding strong uh, in um in december next year uh we're looking at um I, I usually have a little countdown in front of me but um but not to worry uh it's it's coming down <laughs> that's the most important thing um the uh, this is actually uh, i was initially going to start with the um uh forging the frontier or um the the sub series i've i've developed a, a bit of a to you know, a, a schedule for, for breaking down that trailer. And we will definitely be diving into that, but this is just a, a almost like a, uh, like a, just before that, I wanted to jump in with this uh, particular episode. And we're going to go um, throughout both of these films and discuss certain aspects that it's like, you, you, yeah, like if, if there was even a doubt, which there is strangely, definitely not among the avatar community, but the next couple of, um, the next couple of weeks, I think leading into San Diego, San Diego Comic Con, there's going to be a lot of, of, of Avatar talk with uh, potential for teaser posters, teaser trailers, like ramping up towards what, if you look at chronologically, something like um, The Force Awakens. Like they had a panel uh, well in advance of um, this, uh, yeah, well in advance of. Um, the, uh, uh, the the premiere of the film, they had a panel, and there was Baba Joe came out, you know, the beautiful prosthetic, and it was JJ, and it was um, it was beautifully hyped. It was wonderful. Uh, hopefully, I'm not getting those timelines too messed up. But needless to say, there was a nice, big, chunky, lovely panel ahead of time, and obviously, this one's going to be, um, uh, you know, was this Comic Con at Home? I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, so that's. That's going to be fine. I, I, I strongly think that uh, if, if anything, if not from the film itself, we'll see some publishing initiative stuff. 
uh, that's going to be, I think, very, very lovely to see. Uh, and just sort of seeing how many different kinds of um, contributing artistic voices will sort of emerge for this uh, for this extremely, extremely special film. And this is going to be the three out of three. Like, I'm really scanning in my mind now, just using my memory, um, the, uh, what is it, the, yeah, like James Cameron's history of sequels, you know. And like, just they just they like literally made me pause what whatever the hell I was doing, and I just had to get my thoughts down. It's like, honestly, on every damn level possible, like no one has absolutely anything to worry about with with these films. You know what I mean? So really, like, get with me on that vibe, folks. Really, it's so important. Um, I yeah. So let's 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 go all the way back. So <laughs> when he was making Terminator. Back in the day, way, way, way back in the day, um, Cameron, uh, he was always on the receiving end of so much onset and and offset doubt uh, from uh, the press and from his uh, creative collaborators, and, and then I think there's a there's a a, a very very uh, important case to be made for James Cameron's uh, resting consternation face. Let's put it that way. I, I have the same. It's it's like the guy's been front and backstabbed, you know. <laughs> it's just the down the word lyric, you know. First the front, then the backstab. Like he, he has, uh, and this isn't like a oh, you know, um, release Britney type thing. It's just like for me, I just I observe objectively. I see a, an objectively measurable disproportionate amount of disbelief and uh, a decrying and uh, ridicule towards uh, Avatar and and this and and the, this man's creative over which is it honestly is that's what i i opened the episode with that phrase of um self-gaslighting because my lord like what else what other word is there for it other than um uh, everyone sort of unquestioningly i would even say algorithmically just reinforcing one another's notion that that avatar isn't worthy or avatar is all these things are other than what it is which is a f number one a, a, like a stunning, a stunning depiction of of uh, an embodiment of of mythology, of the monomyth. Number one, number two, uh, and uh, like a, a an art form evolvingly beautiful uh, and technically insanely accomplished and pioneering uh, technical showcase. Number two, and number three, it is a call to action uh, for the real world, for us in terms of how we treat the planet. Right. So it's these three extremely, hugely powerful, undeniable things. And, um, like, I'm just going to bring up love and light to the people who made it. I love Aquafina. I love a lot of the, the people involved, but there's, a, there is a real sense, like with the Shang-Chi, for example, and a lot, and like the Black Widow, there's, a, I'm getting increasingly cookie cutter vibes from just like, it's just, they are becoming indistinguishable. That's why I, I, I have to cherry pick. Like I am so looking forward to Guardians Three because Cam, uh, uh, James Gunn is is very much, uh, you know, he's closer to being of the same cloth of Cameron uh, than someone like um, uh, I suppose I guess he would maybe say Peyton Reed, you know, with the with the Ant Man films. Uh, I think James Gunn has a has a real voice like and and yeah look and maybe like if Peyton is listening if the Peyton the Peyton tribe like love and light to him I actually really enjoyed especially the second Ant-Man movie with Tim fucking Heidecker I loved it it's it's important to balance out the scales when talking about these things and I don't want any narratives to be built up but but James Cameron there's no denying that sorry James Gunn no denying that when he 
put out um, uh, <laughs> Guardians One. It it you could feel the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe shift towards it. Like you know, uh, I think Doctor Strange that came out like a year later. Like it was it opened with like a poppy eighties type. Thing. Literally, there is a delineation between pre. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy MCU and post Guardians of the Galaxy MCU, where like mysteriously you start noticing after the MCU, you know the Guardians, uh, GOTG one, um, there is yeah like you'll just see like the eighties soundtrack and, and the boppy and the quips and the and the editing, it's all emulative, you know of of um, and that's why I think it's good to kind of couch something in a more I suppose I guess you'd say a recent example than two thousand nine with Avatar is look at what we see from when someone decides to like exist in that triple a quadruple a quintuple a blockbuster making space but in it but not of it and and james gunn very much feels like he's in it but not of it he, he's an artist to me like and he he's created his own little pocket of it and and that's why like even with james cameron when he assented to um or acquiesced or whatever to to, to the disney uh merger i'm not that i suppose he had too much of a say because he was like with that that fox thing i'm sure he could have taken the the ip and and left he definitely has the financial power for that you know and said look fox I'm, i don't give a fuck like blah but i think the only reason uh, disney um were able to kind of keep him in was this and this is from observ observ observable stuff that i'm like deducing is, is that there was a, a complete one-for-one -one ag agreement for like you are the billion maker um you know we we have a history this is disney by the way i'm pantomiming them we're we're disney we, we we are very familiar with that pioneering aspect of oh, the snow white and the seven dwarves back in the was the 30s or whatever like disney has a pioneering spirit we also have a majorly commercialization spirit and that's yeah and, and so we we but what they recognize it is a self-recognition avatars um green lighting uh being absorbed into disney uh, and, and being put forward by Disney, like, and it's not being excessively promoted right now because we haven't ramped up yet, but we will. All of that is a tacit acknowledgement, a self, um, a self check on Disney's part, knowing that at some point, uh, the Marvel uh, MCU, like, it, this, it's just the way of nature. Like, if you, nothing in nature lasts forever, and and, and so them. It's like they're preparing. So, like in very, in very, in many ways, the, the Avatar is the plan for the future. You know, um, uh, with that, with that sense of things. And so, yeah. So, if you, yeah, like just, I'm, and I'm, I'll, I'll continue being Disney right now and say, okay, so we, we're absorbing you. Uh, we, we are, but we are giving you one for one. Like we, we know you are uncompromising and artistic integrity. And I think some, at least maybe a handful of CEOs were like, the reason for his success is that one that that uncompromising uh spirit and james gunn as well like james gunn he's not almost like a baby james cameron you can actually see certain aspects of doggedness to his filmmaking style which is like no i want it this way and i want to do the big talking tree and i want to do the the raccoon and stuff that he would have absolutely probably gotten some flack for and some uh doubts over you know but the 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 path forgers uh you know the ones who lay the bricks upon which everyone walks like that they yeah the pioneers you know the ones on the frontier if we're going to use the pandora frontier frontiers of pandora terminology like yeah like that's the that's the mentality of this man and um so in that office that that deal was sealed um 
that was that was but it wasn't it wasn't absolutely not a sure thing it was it was going to be this thing where if james cameron like and his crew got any sense of uh, that they were going to try and compromise it that they were going to try and um dim the message of it or corporatize it like again those three gigantic pillars are the home tree basis of avatar which is uh, the uh, the message number one two the mythology okay and then three the the the, the technical showcase you know um you know, the massive leap forwards in, in tech which which avatar represents so so that is the basis upon that like that is a bit of a grounding that's like the the salad you know upon which we're going to discuss the rest uh, and that is that that is something he has just been uh, as since a kid you know uh that spirit of um uh wanting to do things for fucking real like not you know there's a there was a beautiful giacometti quote i came across came across he said the goal of art isn't to replicate reality it is to create something of the same intensity you know um and that's what he does he wants to do things for real not just in the real world but when he's creating like a rifle or a, a submarine or whatever like he he will go through it with engineers and then discuss about like i value my audience's intelligence and sense of what is real and sense of if that creature could hold up that level of muscle mass in their upper body whatever like we all have even i guess for some of us who i don't know like um what's a kind way of putting this is like i suppose for all levels of um intellectual capacity i guess you could say but basically he understands that like sure there's maybe people brighter <laughs> than the rest and then some people not not as bright as the rest but I don't think he he renders judgment. I don't think for example, he assumes idiocy. So many films assume idiocy because of the leaps in plot logic, the leaps in design logic with creatures and and and, and plot points and stuff. And one of them, for example, with um I was riffing about this with my fiance Ray is uh the the ones who cut across the lawn narratively, you know, like the last Jedi. It's like, uh, and the sorry, Game of Thrones. This was the huge one we were talking about. It's like the leaps of logic in that eighth season to 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 get to those. It it assumed idiocy and take advantage ability and dumbness on the on the audience's part, which was profoundly insulting, and they will be forever derided for that. Uh, the the double D, aka doo doo, aka um, dumb and dumber, right? And uh, they have a long, long fucking way to getting back into good graces. I, I loved a couple of those first seasons. I used to speak their names in such high-regarded tones. And, and so I, yeah, I, I, even if I'm fucking so angry, I do send them goodish vibes for like, just recognize, apologize and do better, you know? So anyway, but basically, yeah. So with, with this sort of sense of valuing the intelligence of the audience, right? Cameron baseline that's not something he's like look at look at me for valuing your intelligence no that's like breathing to him in all of his films there's there's a sense of the pacing and there's the logical leaps that have to be made the suspension this but they never go too far to the point of like oh, you're a fucking idiot like i know you're gonna lap this up because you're an idiot like that's what the editing in many ways of like last jedi in many ways of the game of thrones that those that's what the subtext of that editing and that storytelling and those dialogues um, and those performances rather like that's what it tells me as I'm sitting there as an audience member. And he keeps those as, as minimal as possible. Uh, 1000%, you know, like um, 
and there's always a sense of, hey, you're with me on this story. And like, you know what? Sure. That was a little bit uh, uh, of, of a fated thing for Neytiri to be in that exact place, exact time. And But then you can come in on the in-lore uh, side with, oh, Awe was there. And, uh, and there was a sense of the electricity of the of the planet wanting to kind of converge them together and stuff. And there's a fairy tale aspect to it too. So not like the frankly like you would you would just bust your mechanism if you if you tried to to apply any sort of in lore justifying for something like the spoilers three two one game of thrones uh season eight uh danny not seeing the fleet and then drogon getting fucking <laughs> what is it like uh sorry whatever dragon like th through his throat with this fucking spear or whatever like yeah that that would actually break your brain to try and see there's no magic there there's no Oh, but hold on, Grandpa. Oh, hold on, Grandma. Like, what do you mean? Like, there's no, like that. That's that's where the the magic, that suspense. Because ultimately, we're all kids being tucked in and told a story, right? And the whole it is on you as the storyteller to have it be so that the kid, or, or in this case, the audience, is in in a complete place of peace and feeling seen and loved <laughs> and understood and and enraptured, you know. Because if I were to drop, oh yeah, and then this ha and like a, to take Last Jedi for example, like, oh, and then uh, yeah, so uh, you know Luke tried to kill his his uh, nephew anyway, and then it would just it would there would there'd be a break, you know, and I and the Ryan Johnsons of the world, and again, love and light to him. It's fucking heartbreaking because I love Cut, uh, Knives Out, I love uh, Looper, and so there was just this. I'll have to on the Star Wars podcast at one point just dive headlong into. What I, a little teaser trailer, basically between in the, in the, not to get, oh my God, believe me, this is nothing to do with politics, but let's just say between 2016-ish and 2020-ish, there was a disturbance in the masculine um, energies of the world because of certain people in power. Let's just put it that way. Basically, there was a, a sense collectively that um, uh, there was a lot of gaslighting in the world, a lot of... Um, uh, you know, getting tr doing things and getting away from away with them because it's it all trickles down from the highest example. If like your dad, you know, if you grew up with a dad that like constantly slapped someone, uh, and then you grew up being like, oh, that's okay for me to do that. And so we were just shown an example for that exact span of years of what unchallenged um, uh, masculinity in, in its in its um, in its toxic side, you know. Uh, really really is capable of unleashing on the world and how it can affect our myths and how it can fuck us over from that point of view and uh, it certainly happened with um game of thrones with the double d having that uh being infected i think by that spirit of um corrupted masculinity uh and and, and definitely on the star wars side and the way that i i pro pro the way this is provable is that you you look at projects that started taking development or you know came out after that and 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 you can see an unclenching of that attitude of uh um uh, yeah like it's 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 toxic it was very it was a very it was not a good time uh, that that certain span of years and i'm glad avatar the you know the the whole teams they just sort of worked away at what they were doing and obviously we had covid which which definitely didn't help so it's been when we're all sitting next year in 400 whatever -ish days uh it will be cathartic on several levels, not just, oh, we get to see, you know, Neytiri and, uh, and and Jake again. Like, it'll just be, wow, we've had quite a, quite a past 12 years. 
13 years, you know, and that'll be lovely to, to kind of be with all of you spiritually there. But, um, okay, so we've laid, <laughs> uh, by the way, on the Elden Ring podcast, I've, I've officially dubbed myself the, ta- the taker of tangents, so it's all good. And love and light to you all for uh, following along, so you're all great. Um, and, yeah, so this is all, this also explains why there's not been any interference on Disney's side with, um, with the marketing about like it is very cameron led like they are i believe frankly like if not this san diego comic-con like the beginning i i even said it in the last recording it's like the uh frontiers of pandora like that was i would say as like almost like the the eve of the beginning of this unrolling of give no fucks like here it is and this is this, that's that's one thing that i am very glad that disney is is involved is because they know how to just roll it the fuck out, you know, and they have rolled out amazing marketing for terrible movies. And I cannot wait to see them roll out incredible marketing for an incredibly fucking important movie. Cause again, them adopting and single boosting and embracing and green lighting avatar is a symptom of their is a reflection of how, um, uh, how much they trust Cameron and how much they see and know where we're heading technologically performance capture wise, and, um, everything wise. So, and I believe Avatar is the quintessence of the perfect mixture of uh, art and commerce. Like, and you look at those three aspects I mentioned. So you have mythology, right? You have the technical aspect, yeah, and then you have the message. So mythology and message, those are the dominant, the two out of three. We talked about this on um, recently. I uh, this is actually episode three oh three hundred and one of the the main show, the Albert Kessler podcast. And and this is uh, and the last episode I talked about how my three things are art storytelling and media so see how two out of those three it's the art it's the creative side you know and then one of those the media that's that's the kind of more commercial and more leaning into the um the tech aspects and um yeah exactly right and so with avatar very similar you have mythology you have the message and then you have yeah the technical like that's in this the the more in the science minded realm and uh, in the the tech sphere and the media and entertainment spheres are very connected, you know, in terms of the cross reporting with like Engadget and digital spy or whatever, like they're all kind of, yeah. And, and that has more to do with, um, general progress. Uh, it's still, there's some creative aspect, but I would say more on the, the engineering side, you know, so two creatives to one engineering, perfect ratio for, uh, artistic integrity. Um, yeah, like two hearts to one mind, you know, if you're two minds, uh, to one heart, you need to, that's you're a bit in your head literally and and you can uh really fuck up decision making wise and for example i'll just throw this out there like pirates like i hope that they're really coming at it with the two hearts one mind um and just you know with margot robbie and all of that like i really hope um just like with james gunn there is a sense of listen to that example look at what happens when you just give someone the reins and you don't interfere and you trust them you, not only will they make a killer, but they'll make a legacy. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have a legacy. Uh, Dave Bautista, he was like not in tears or whatever, but he uh, he was. I, I learned by the way, Dave Bautista. He was he he like when he was told he was going to be Drax, like he he broke into tears kind of thing. And I was like, that's fucking awesome, man. Like uh, vulnerable masculinity, so fucking rad. And he's like fucking tankist dude, but he has he has access to his feminine that way. And what a rad dude. And he. Uh, is looking forward to stepping away from Drax after this long, this this last story. But he was saying uh, about how Guardians feels for many, like their Star Wars, like this new, and it, it's true. Like uh, for me, Star Wars is what I grew up with formatively. But in terms of a saga, like a space saga, uh, in that modern 
sense. I think it's handling itself way better than the sequels with with uh, with and more creatively, frankly, than with um, the Star Wars stuff. And uh, Mando, it's it's this it's it's like playing with your ki- with your toys. Like it's so familiar. And, and there are some advances with like the amazing volume, which, as I mentioned on. Um, recent episode you know cameron got out cameron a little bit by favreau even he would say that like oh jesus christ these these fucking volumes they are ooh, that's special man like you know imagine what cameron will do with this uh avatar streaming series live action which is so fucking happening it's so happening um but anyway um uh, also, all of these, all of these elements, uh, and then you have the discussion. Uh, all these elements of, of like undeniable, uh, unequivocal, um, unassailable, objectively measurable. Right there, like this is this man, and this is his path, and this is his choice. And this is also again, and it is a credit to Disney for them not being not fucking around. Like they've laid out the schedule, they've updated the website recently. Like they're letting him do his thing, and they because they know. I think they're remembering. I think. They have their giant slate up till like Blade or whatever with Mahershala and Black Panther, uh, what kind of forever. Like, I'm really stoked about that. See, again, I am not anti MCU. I'm just anti excess anything, you know? And there's definitely just chaff, chaff, chaff uh, in that MCU realm. And, and doesn't stop me from being excited and being selectively really hyped about certain projects. But overall, like with Avatar, there is no aspect that I'm not head over heels for uh, and i covered that off on the crew episode where i sort of dove in and uh, we talked <laughs> dove into some of the i was i was really enjoying that and i think um uh there's been some lovely interactivity with uh, some of the people who who chimed in when i <laughs> when i put that one out uh meeting the crew so mr ben Millsom, who i'm shouting you out if you are listening to this love you very much brother and uh i really definitely want to jump onto a podcast with you. So he's the director slash production designer over at Weta. Uh, and he's the art director of the Avatar sequels. No big deal. And uh, later today, or at some point, I will be definitely doing a lovely little post there. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be really, really cool to kind of speak with him. And I went to, um, I went to the, the Avatar. So the, the Weta cave uh, in 20, 20- 18, that's right, for my 30th. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm 88, right? November 1st, 1988. And I went for this giant walk from uh, our hotel in Wellington. It's like, babe, you have a beautiful day. It's like, Ray, just have a day. And I just went, I rugged up. And it was fucking blustering Wellington day. And I just forged out, all wrapped up for the weather cave. I put it in Google Maps. I had my umbrella. I had my scarf. It was what a, and as I, I, I saw it, frankly, as like a bit of a pilgrimage. Uh, I didn't want to rely on Ubers uh, and save some money, I guess. Yeah. And that, that was like the tertiary thing to, to consider because I, I just wanted that excuse to be able to like, okay, Wellington, huh? So, place where they uh, developed a massive engine, uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, um, Avatar, certainly. And so I just—it was nice to kind of boots to ground, like immerse and, and uh, into that kind of creative sphere. Even though a lot of it, I just remember it being very cold. But I had my giant headphones on, listening to podcasts, and it was rad. And and I, I came across a building that I recognized, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this from the—I think the Hobbit behind the scenes. I was like, they are in that building right now, working on Avatar. And I was like, <laughs> and I, I just got very grateful. Uh, I brought. Look at this is me by the way. I bring a film slide from Avatar from the I think it was some edition that I bought 
um, steelbook, and I bought it, and I brought it with me. I didn't bring it with me. I, 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 I left it in the hotel. It's so it's. I specifically brought, packed this thing in Canberra so that when I was there, I think I just wanted to get out there and. Uh, and uh, I think there's a. We always reveal ourselves with this, and it's it's the latest in this. Um, it wasn't actually this. Actually, presaged t- little tangent about my experience over at uh, um, Chicago in 2019, a year later. So I think maybe this uh, experience in Wellington kind of set a bit of a trend. Is when it comes to the really fanboy, I just have no. I'll I'll have some recognition of the premise of it, and then I just will, I will literally like just not have the energy for it on the day. So yeah, like this idea of posing in front of, uh, you know, the building. I just I think I get too much in my peer sphere. Like I just when I'm when I and so then that premise of idolatry or the premise of the uh, you know the idolizing and and whatever pedestalizing. Like I just I yeah it just it doesn't vibe with me at all to um to do that and so no wonder i like i was just it did not even cross my mind i like left the hotel and yeah i just sort of went for it i, I left the slide back at home because then when i got that i did take a photo i think i may have taken a selfie but yeah and then when i was at the cave obviously i asked someone to take a photo with me with the troll and stuff but that was a little bit of a presage for what happened a year later in chicago again a really fucking cold blistery place what is it with these cold and blistery places full of creative people anyway Kind of rad. Uh, there's some cool creative stuff happening in Chicago, even though Star Wars is made in, um, in uh, I think, California. There's uh, the Lucasfilm, you know, the offices there and stuff, ILM. But yeah, when I got, got there, I was, I had seen um, our, there was a raffle, I think, at the time, and we had to, um, you, you were basically told if you'd be in that room with the people, which is, you know, JJ, Daisy and stuff, or you would be in an adjacent room, for capacity reasons, with a screen. <laughs> so the, the event was happening there, but you may as well have been fucking thousands of miles away <laughs> because you weren't in the damn room. It was it was an overflow room, and I swore I got so energetically fucking exhausted and resentful towards that. On on the surface, I was very grateful and happy, and and like vibing and stuff and like connecting with people and shout out to christine like made a cool pal over there shout out to ian alexander and your boy ivan like i made some friends there they're lovely and we'll speak on the um star wars podcast at some point and also yeah like um uh, kayla by the way little teaser trailer amazing pilot james cameron would love her she is an artist she drafts woman but she is a um a pilot like she flies planes so Rad, and she does uh, Freebird. Her her uh, call sign is and uh, Freebird draws is her um, Instagram. So shout out to her, and yeah, look look forward to that, folks. I guess uh, I've I've been doing this thing in throughout the network where I don't have the dedicated <laughs> dedicated ad thingy, or at the end of the, I just I, I end up just naturally, I suppose, touching on it and then flowing back into the story times. But um, but yeah, so. Um, and when I got there, yes, yeah, so I was, we, we did this thing and we watched the, oh, the cackle of the Palpatine. Oh, my God. And we all hugged and stuff. And now like, you have a, have a great day. Be well, whatever. Um, I only had a two day pass, I think. And so Im- guys, immediately after this panel, I was fucking exhausted. I was barely alive. Like I had, I don't think I'd eaten that day. Um, I had woken up way too early. I'd ra- ran there for some reason I, I blasting John Williams music I think I was getting a cold uh, so and I 
<laughs> even though like they specifically said okay everybody come out to the main floor we're gonna have some the star wars show live uh, which just seems like a fucking lifetime ago because that we just it's not not kosher with covid um 2022 by the way shout out next year with may i like what they brought up from august to may uh the uh, star wars celebrations that's lovely and omaticon like all right or like the avatar con like let's get that happening i say this about the pacific rim cr crowd as well like like the pack rim con like fuck yes like uh, adopted officially get these things happening you know and and wizarding con as well like boom like like that's that you have this amazing template of Star Wars celebration, and I would love to see something like that for Avatar, one thousand percent. But tailing off my little Chicago thing, and back we go into uh, sequel talk. So the tangents are real. Get there at the. I'm so I'm holding my, I'm holding onto the railing of this thing of you know. There's the cameras and stuff, and there's the stage. Um, whatever front row, I suppose. And Max Scoville comes out at one point. I give him a fist bump because he's a rad over at IGN. Uh, I'm actually going to include that clip in my presentation I'm giving in October at the Melbourne International Games Week as part of the um, Academy of uh, the Moving Image, ACME, in, yeah, on the 3rd of, uh, 3rd of October on Sunday at 3 p.m. in the Swinburne studio. So I'll be giving a big talk there. And I'll be including that little clip just about um, the vibing with the kindred creators out there. And speaking of fucking Max Scoville... How? I'm not going to... No, I would never go past bringing up Honored... <laughs> Fuck, like, the like, like he is... He's a chieftain, man. Like, I love Max Scoville. He is flying that Avatar flag in the heart of pop culture where there are so many decriers and so many people, like, being fucking lame with, with their disbelief and this, this seeming... Like, I don't know if in a past life James Cameron inherited some witch's curse of, like, from... From now on, all of your future selves, all your future incarnations will constantly have doubt cast on their creative endeavors. Ugh. No matter how successful, like, no matter how many fucking billions, no matter how many fucking incredible sequels you make, they'll always say, you, and, they, and they'll just, like, have a baseline of disbelief about your endeavors. Anyway, you know, I, I digress. But yes, yeah, so shout out to Max. And it was rad and to get him on the avatar podcast down the line locked in the star wars podcast as well locked in but uh, he's he's a brother out there very kindred soul doing wonderful um, avatar signal boosting work in the heart of where we are going to see it increasingly boom that that signal boosting will upswell with the the max uh scovels of the world at, the, at their center and i'll be joining him and other folks who are in that like right there in that sphere well we will we will get there folks with with the, the ben milsom speaking with him with jermaine clement and michelle yeo and all this and like we ray and i like we are so able to just pivot and like show up to wherever if there's interview opportunities and conversational opportunities and just creating a really beautiful uh, chronicle for <laughs> the not v out there the beautiful tribes anyway Right, so yeah, so I'm falling asleep uh, at, in in front of this presentation. I'm falling asleep with JJ. He's about to come on fucking stage. They're they're behind the curtains or whatever, um, and they're doing some of these other. I think it's promoting shoes or whatever. And I I literally start f like dropping. Like I I have no more. I literally no more energy. Even if I have some pals and cool people to the left and right of me, um, and I I actually like I say okay guys, and I just reached my thing. I was like I have to actually go home and go to sleep <laughs> and so i did a little selfie video i don't know maybe someplace i'll play it on some episode somewhere i was like i am tired 
I've really actually reached it's like you know what I know they're coming out but I just it it's I I won't see it because I will actually fall asleep so it's either fall asleep there on the spot in front of JJ drooling <laughs> right uh, or just go home and maybe wake up and watch watch it later on live stream and I if you go into the records and you can actually zoom in on the live stream you can see me there on <laughs> like and then you can because it's a live thing right watch the whole live stream of that it's like day three or something i got a two-day pass zoom in you can see me and then literally like 20 30 minutes before jj and folks show up like i'm gone <laughs> it's great and and again it got it's like i just i was it was a test it was a test for me to see if i had that reservoir of like i guess you'd call it like that fanboyish energy of like that i could push through but ultimately i really value on the very first level i see I have the quantum myth like i i am in that creative sphere and in that peer sphere of like i want to have a conversation and, and have that egalitarian um aspect of you know back and forth one for one everything's everyone's made of atoms like i just want to riff with these people instead of having that premise of the i'm behind a railing and there's people yelling and there's the fan stuff and it's like and like i hype man i hype and, and i was over there on the uh, i think there was the episode nine live stream that they did the submitting questions and if you go to um twitter.com forward slash star wars pod or whatever like i've pinned it it's like they featured me and i was like i can get into some of that, that the fan stuff but when it like health comes first and i and i was really like i i honestly i can honor star wars in far more multifaceted and meaningful ways than just me literally just dropping to sleep right here in the name of like catching a glimpse of it's like no like everyone's made about him so it's like at another point i'll circle back there's no scarcity mindset i have very much have been developing that abundance mindset of like you know what boom like catch you guys i'll catch you jj and whatever like 2025 we'll have a nice big chat on the show or something talk about you know 10 years of the force awakens that kind of stuff in person you know i'll have the studio set up by then and all that but yeah so so that is uh, to kind of tail things off into like, and so we're talking about Disney, we're talking about Star Wars, talking about conventions. Um, and just, yeah, just to kind of string things back into the sequel sphere, it's like, oh, and another thing, uh, Terminator and, and Alien, which is what we're going to be talking about, is so they also really, really need like their own straight up beautiful conventions with like official officially official, like with schedules and plans and stuff. And please follow that amazing, like, Tell me right now, you listening, that you wouldn't want a Star Wars celebration level of production event for all of these other universes I've mentioned, you know, the Wizarding, the, the Alien, the Terminator, right? Even Predator, I guess, if you want to have your own Predator con or something like celebration, like it's it's beautiful, you know? Um, I would go for teensy little visits. I couldn't stay for too long, but I love the essence of it. I love that they do it, you know? So good vibes to those folks for organizing those. And they always end up being wonderful signal boosters and, and uh, people encouraging people to communicate, cross-collaborate. And again, over the three, as I mentioned, folks, you have the two creative and the one, um, two to one creative to commerce. So it is in the commerce side, but it, that within the commerce sphere, like the best use of the commerce sphere is the, uh, is the Venn diagram opportunities of people meeting in one place and like actually like the spheres melding and you say hey actually now i know that you're doing this and we have a shared kinship about this you know so uh and speaking of of shared spheres like if you ran these two films aliens and terminator 2 in parallel 
um, I guarantee you would find certain points of the the pace of the film taking a breather in certain places. Like you can actually even recollectively, not even you don't even need the films in front of you. Actually, there are places in those films where there is genuine respect shown to the viewer, which immediately evacuates, like boom, gone, zero, less than zero percent sense of it being a cash in. And that's huge for me. Is is the idea that we can continue a universe without the sense of it being a cash in, without the sense of it being、um, commerce driven, right? And if anything, you could say that he's even pushing that two to one ratio. It's almost like two point five to zero point five, because on the commerce sphere. The sequels,、uh, with the amount of dev that's gone into them, with the amount of certainly his own money that's being poured into them, just to sustain. Because keep in mind, folks, with with a、uh, with we're talking、um, not in the red, but we're talking、uh, not not definitely definitely not in the sort of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, James Bond kind of region of、um, uh, you know income. We're not talking that with with Avatar. We're talking them having to.、Um, Kind of rely on other things. Like they don't have a baseline of like action figures being bought or collectibles being made. Like that tells you that that Cameron and Co have had to dip in to themselves. Like and this is it, it really takes this project into that passion project region where that commerce that there isn't a full blown commerce pillar to this trifecta. It is definitely like two point five to five. Like two point five percent, two point five out of three. I guess whatever. Eighty-five or whatever percent artistically driven, right?、Um, Disney will come in later, definitely reap the the financial rewards of such a、uh, medium redefining and, and、uh, art form evolving work, which the sequels will be with the amount of uh,、um, investment artistically, creatively on the first instance, and then technologically and engineering wise in the second instance, like. That's yeah. So so please, look, oh yeah, maybe sit with that. I think that's going to be very relevant to the conversation going forward,、um, because with、uh, you know both Aliens and、uh, Terminator Two, you know、uh, Judgment Day, of course there was、uh, he would have had whispers in the ear of like okay, just yeah, just make a sequel kind of thing. Would see and see when I just said that, you could see I was just coming at it from oh, we just want a sequel, and. Nothing should ever just fucking come into being because it should, you know. It needs to have a tangible set of like, I would say at least five solid reasons this for something to exist. Like it's that same thing of you know if you have a kid, without going through the reasoning of like actually wait can we afford to raise a kid right now?、Uh, is your job stable? Is my job stable?、Um, how will this work? And how will that work? And family and and see those considerations and that. It's the difference between I think about how maladjusted、uh, and conversely well-adjusted a child is if they've had parents who did the, the the consideration and the thinking before having the child, you know. And and、uh, and a good example of this would be like, for example,、um, so young couple in their twenties,、um, and they and they sort of come into this thing of like suddenly they have the child and it's like, what do we do, you know?、Uh, However, because they're scrappy and they care and they do the thing like that works, and that's Cameron with 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 Terminator One. Like he, he, there was a very limited budget, but he got himself sorted. You know what I mean? It's not even about 
money necessarily. Money helps, and you should have a baseline of wealth going into raising a, a child. You should have a baseline of wealth going into uh, a sequel, and that's good that they have that with with this film with the Avatar sequels. They do. It's it's undeniable. It's now it has reclaimed the number one box spot again. That's all incidental byproducts, not the aim. Keep saying that, folks. Finance, commercial, that kind of technical-minded stuff. It's always the byproduct. Never have that be the reason you do something is to get to to make the the dollars, the cold dollars on on, on the on the on the metal table. Like must lead from heart. Like that's where feel like feel your own body right now. It's like that's made of flesh, <laughs> made of warmth, made of you know organic things, and that's where we should always lead from. Is and then anything else that comes around that billboards, fucking car commercials, even that fucking what is it? They did the <laughs> they did the, the 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 car deal of some kind. Like it was there was like a car that they co-designed. Great, and that was ancillary. It was the side. It was never the aim. And sort your pillars out going forward because those will guide you throughout any doubts, throughout any decriers or detractors. Like sort your three pillars out for sure going forward. Quantum myth. You have the um, mythology. Right, you have the uh, that's what mytho- that's what quantum myth is for me, and then the stories and stuff. That's the media. Number two, and number three is uh, the art, like the patterns and stuff. Boom, three, Cameron, Avatar. You have mythology. Number one, you have message. Number two, you have technology. Number three, and I really like that's. And you might be like, oh, Albert, wow, it's like Avatar podcast much like going into all these tangents. It's like for me, honestly it's it it only goes on to enhance to cover this territory for myself and then again it's a byproduct for you guys it goes on to eventually when we're all sitting down and experiencing these films yeah f- fuck it even if you're listening to this in like 2028 and you're catching the fuck up on, on the whole show leading into the very end of the saga in 2028 like let it be known that it's like that's a process that um you know, coming at things from more, from way more angles than just that creator-consumer, you know, or, or or rather, in many ways, like just the consumer angle, which I talked on the Elden Ring, sorry, on episode 300 about the anti-gratitude attitude and the anti-creator attitude on the internet, where people just kind of want to shove you into that, or just consume, never question, never create, never offer, never, and I just, that issue of self-promotion is a wow, I have... I think I think I have a lot of issues with the idea of um yeah yeah like I just do, I straight up like love and light and respect to these communities but uh, if you're sa- telling someone about your art um, in that community and and then they slam you and say self promotion it's like man you you oh my god you must know that I'm not like Disney or some shit like I'm not gonna make anything off of sharing a post on this community it's just where else to to share it and i just think about the 80s and i think about if we were like talking in terms of like a a fan magazine or like if if if, honestly if avatar came out in the 70s or 80s uh, and uh and i like had an ad (laughs) as like a zine you know there's like fan zines they used to do back then and i had like a oh the the avatar podcast like a little clip in you know again you kids must be like what is this old fucker telling me about it's like well back in the day before the internet we had these magazines <laughs> and you would have little ads and stuff for like fan clubs or whatever and and i just i could not even imagine back then someone saying ah yeah so i saw your um so your ad yeah i saw your uh, i saw your podcast appear uh, in the magazine i think that's uh yeah that's uh self-promotion 
<laughs> it's like, bitch. Like, I'm just fucking, I'm, we're just chilling, man. Like, it is, we are actually just vibing and, and, and there's no, man, like, at me about that, if I was, like, sh literally unendingly, constantly spamming, tagging with products and stuff directly, like, directly. Like, no, but you have to do at least seven or eight leaps of logic for, for any of what I do to be considered, like, when I'm posting and talking in certain communities, not all of them, but in certain communities, to call that self-promotion is just hilarious to me, because it's like, you know, I would never say, oh, someone who shares an amazing, beautiful work of art, it's like, hey, I did this art, imagine just the, the, the vibe shift and the bringing down of the vibrations of someone being like, ah, sorry, uh, yeah, self-promotion, yeah, uh, don't do that, it's like, so all, so all you want us to fucking do is just memes, uh, fucking news articles, and comment with, um, just uh just jadedness is that basically so you want to you want to create communities that are just centered around those three fucking things and you want it to be basically like a cesspit of of uh, jaded ne uh entitled negativity is that is that is that what i'm kind of getting like <laughs> anyway whoo heated up over here on the amazon podcast but anyway um so let's say i think that kind of loops us because we're coming into the last 10 minutes so I have so much fucking respect for someone who, who for like, like Cameron. Um, obviously, they're they're almost completely different worlds in terms of me with a podcast, him with his you know endeavors with Avatar. But the attitude, like, and he has achieved some vegan Zen peace in himself with that attitude. Because anytime he gets attitude about it, he's just like, yeah. He's making these films with, uh, you know, I want to be able to say these things, and I think everything I want to express. But the you know uh, storytelling human condition contained with the Avatar films, hence he's very he's achieved some peace, and I have respect for that. And I like to, but I'm also Italian, and, and I like I get I get I guess I, I guess I get a bit fiery when it comes to the jadedness, man. Like fuck jadedness, it's so it's such a waste of energy in the world. So, and that's yeah, you know I guess monomythically that brings us back to the start of the show, which is folks. Um, People are jaded out there about Avatar sequels, and you have absolutely no reason to be, because this is a man who has proven with both of these films that aliens. And sorry, and I'm just going to say it again. You need to just take wow, like, and he's not building off of his own myth or you know uh, high on his own supply about it. But the, ready, the man made aliens. The man made Terminator Two. Judgment Day, okay? Uh, Asta Love is the Baby, you know? They're everywhere, man. Game over, man. Like, these are not just excellent films. They are fucking pillars of the art form, right? So when I tell you that this man uh, has done his work, he's done his inner work, as my fiancé would say, he's cleared his energy about uh, the BS around him. He's cleared his energy with, with Disney. Disney should be thanking their fucking stars that he didn't just pick everything up and say, look, I'm just going to start James Cameron Productions. This is going to be 100% independent. It is a true... I and mean, frankly, I have, Disney has a massive respect for me. It's like the fact that the, the symptom of you holding on to um, Cameron, it means that you got in his good, good graces uh, and that he saw in you a peer, a collaborator, and I want to see so much fucking shit from Disney about the, the the pillar of the message pillar of use your fucking Mickey Mouse money to get people planting trees, to get people uh, signal boosting, uh, often 
uh, underappreciated and under showcased and under uh, honored um, indigenous cultures use it um, symptom keep that in mind that's the word I want you to take away it's like approving of the sequels not only a symptom of uh, respect of Cameron as, a, as an artist recognition of us moving into more eco dialogues right um, it's, it, like Avatar is Disney's next 10 years you know what I mean like or plus or whatever and that's honestly uh, yeah and this isn't some yeah like giant tirade of wow you should and just like fanboyish crying it's like no no I'm actually I presented you so many um, objectively uh, tangible ev like e there's evidence in, in the overs of this and the figures if you want to make it about that or if you want to just sort of take that into account of the figures that these films that he's made and all all coming as a byproduct of like what is what is the truth of these characters where would it feel natural for the story to go uh, all things which is just a, a near extinct rarity in, in filmmaking in any form of creativity to to do that simple process of following the honesty and following the organic actual evolution of where the story would go and that that is what is is what is um, the core of uh, Cameron as creator the core of his team the core of what the sequels and frontiers of pandora will be is uh and there is no compromise on that side of things so you can sense it it's beautifully exciting it brings me a lot of heart sorry it's very heartening as i like to say and uh, so good vibes to them and to all of you for tuning in so as a bit of mini housekeeping um obviously i've been albert host of the avatar podcast this will be episode six um uh, we are looking at starting up with i've got a special guest he's a actor from la who will be joining me on the seventh episode for the first of the breakdowns of uh, Forging the Frontier. I think that's what I've called that sub-series there, which is a sister sub-series to over in Elden Ring. We're doing uh, Gathering the Shards, which is breaking down that trailer. Over with Zelda, we're doing um, Searching the Skies, uh, breaking down that recent trailer as well. Um, so good, <laughs> good vibes all around. We are um, obviously here at the Avatar Podcast. Very, very excited for all of the various different upcoming projects and um, uh, one thing that we will be doing also is collectively manifesting some news for San Diego uh, Comic-Con uh, I think it's just gonna be called Comic-Con at home and uh, for who knows like maybe a lovely uh, prequel about the um, uh, the first the absolute very first encounter with the Navi uh, uh, I would like to see as many super technical books <laughs> and like as go as in-depth scientifically with like, you know, the Latin names and everything go as completely comprehensive, uh, like Pandorapedia 3.0, like volume three, like to have these in-world tomes that are like, and beautifully like whatever, not leather bound because of the eco message you want to be much more respectful, but um, faux, leather, faux leather bound, I suppose uh, for these, um, in-world tomes that I'm so manifesting that they do because you know when Norman holds up that book in in the, in the story it's like the story of the Navi who imagine being able to read that actual book so um, but folks see this uh, episode as what it is which is a, uh, a clearing of the air uh, an articulation of, of concepts uh, and um, ourselves in our own way as well as creators here at the Avatar podcast we're also we like to be symptoms as well of, of big beautiful worthwhile things and um a little shout out to what will be a live podcast that we'll do probably episode like probably 50, 60, 
maybe 70 of the Avatar podcast because all of 2022, are you kidding me? It's going to be a giant build-up to the end of the year, right? Come on. like <laughs> uh, Of being in New York with my uh, kindred people, we're talking Nimai and, and uh, Tarka Larson, who are uh, musician friends of mine with uh, Andy and... Um, and uh, Matt, who are their partners respectively. I think Nimai, Andy, Tarek, and Matt, lovely folks, and Entheon will see the amazing uh, center over there in New York of the uh, Alex Gray, the center of human omnidirectional like improvement artistically, spiritually, philosophically, an amazingly beautiful kindred center. And then for that to lead into, you know, in the night, going to go see um, this film, Avatar, two <laughs> okay which is itself you know i'll give you a little vignette is uh when nature is holding this young uh when holding sam Worthington's character you know jake sully uh the blue first of all you see this thing obviously in hindu mythology is the, the 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 tall blue being holding the small humanoid like as though they were a child and for me that imagery will always resonate in that we ourselves are and he, she even says, like, you're like a baby. Don't know what to do. So that, that imagery right there really speaks to how it's like the Navi are these divine beings in many ways. The avatar itself is a Hindi word. And uh, that just really uh, communicates in one image what we have to learn from this. Um, again, it's all hypothetical. There's no proven, at least, to be out there. It feels as, as beautifully real as, as, as James uh, and his crew, as Jim and his crew make it feel. Uh, we have no confirmation of it actually being out there, but it feels like it could be, because all of that rings true, that there would be this species, this race, which, you know, look at them all illuminated, like it's almost the deities, you know, they were like, there, that's that's our species, the ones who are living fully integrated with the blue and the light and the, the chakric, you know, uh, coursing patterns that have these signs visually and in how they live and how, in, in how they've been able to set up their society of, of being in a beautiful alignment with, with, with nature and the cosmos and all that. Absolutely. And like they actually, actually have constellations on them. And I constantly say, and I can't believe 13 years hence, I'm making this connection. I often say like, we are universes folks, uh, anthropomorphically, like we contain the same essence of what this is the quantum myth talks about this with Ovisutar, like the, the prime entity. We were created uh, from that same origin dust from the beginning of the universe. So from all of that, <laughs> in that cosmic way of loving all of you from that place to just kindred fellow avatar people, love you all. Um, and then leading into, yeah, this lovely event coming up and, and we zoomed all the way up and all the way back in again. So love and light to you all. And uh, until next time, bye for now. <laughs>